Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. In fact, it's not just any episode of Buy Pumpkin, it's the hundredth episode of Buy Pumpkin, according to my podcast host. Um, they don't know about the Patreon episode, so don't tell them, guys. It's probably closer to 200, maybe more over there. Um, but it's exciting news. Um, we made sure our 100th episode. We can now be syndicated on reruns on TBS. <laughs> so, fun stuff. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> Obviously. Um, one of the fun things that we're going to do in honor of our 100th episode is that I am going to, well, we have launched a merch shop for Buy Pumpkin. When I Remember when I did that State of the Union kind of thing for, for the podcast where I asked you guys to fill out a form and tell me more about what you like to see and what you don't like to see and just give me some opinions. Um, one, one of the questions was, would you buy merch? And many, of, many, many, many of you said you would. Well, now is your opportunity. I opened a Threadless shop. Um, I chose Threadless because of the people that reached out to me to say, hey, we'd like to do merch for your podcast. Have you thought about using us? They were the only email that I got that had my actual name on it um, and not Jones. So like what I've been on the internet, I've been like receiving email for internet. I'm saying, that makes it sound like I'm bragging because I used to get email. No, I used to run several content sites and I would, ha- I would get just tons of emails of people pitching, PR people, um, uh, marketing stuff. And I would always get these emails that said, hi, Jones, as if, I don't know, their spreadsheet was fucked up or their program was fucked up. And they, they thought Princess was my title and Jones was my name. And, you know, I got a lot of emails about that when I was, um, before I started looking for a merch uh, provider and Threadless was the only one who didn't do that to me. So I was like, sign from the universe. This person sees me or not. <laughs> um, I like Threadless. Um, the merch website is buypumpkin.threadless.com. You can also go to buypumpkin.com and click shop. You can also click the link in the show notes. You can also, if you go to the, the bio link on Instagram or Twitter, it will take you to a link tree that will link to the shop. Um, one of the big reasons I'm excited for launching the shop is that from now until the end of the year, I wanted to find a way to support the Central Texas Food Bank, right? Um, it's a great organization that puts food in the hands of people who don't have any here in Central Texas. Uh, they have an excellent rating. They nine, something like 96% of the funds that go in to their, um, to their program, go out to support, uh, the program. And that's like a big deal. Not, I, I'm not sure if you guys know, but lots of nonprofits don't, don't, don't distribute funds and that is that high of a percentage. Um, but from now for, to the end of the year till 12, 31, 21, um, they have a matching program with another spot with a sponsor and for every dollar that you put in, someone's going to match it. And that means for every dollar you give the central Texas food bank between now and the end of the year, they can make, they can provide eight meals to someone in need. That's a big fucking deal. And I love to support their cause. And so what I want to do is anything you buy from the merch shop, from now to the end of the year, all the uh, profit will go to the Central Texas Food Bank. Um, as someone who has been food insecure in the past, I feel like it's like the worst thing. I mean, obviously, not 
having a place to live is terrible, but not having, not knowing where your next fucking bologna sandwich is coming from is pretty fucking bad. Um, so I'd love to help some people in need. Uh, so that means that, so when you go to the merch shop, there are, uh, four designs right now. I wanted to start small. I mean, obviously I want to start really, really big, but like the fact is it's better to start than to start perfect, you know? And so I said to myself, let's set, let's like, let's get it started as opposed to being like, if I don't do this really, really big, then I can't do it. Cause that's, you know, perfect is the enemy of done. Right. So, and I had to like kind of talk myself down from it. You know, I'm susceptible to that shit too. So there are four designs in there. One is the buy pumpkin logo with the pink and the blue on, well, with the blue background and all that. One is the word mark, which is just the buy pumpkin logo. Um, the other, the other two are specific for, um, are, are specific for season eight of buy pumpkin. It has the names of the mob wives on it, um, in either white or black and, of these four designs, you there's all kinds of things you can get. You can get shirts and sweatshirts and coffee cups and stickers and magnets and notebooks and various things. Go take a look. There, there's all kinds of things you can get. And like I just said, for every dollar of profit we make, we're going to donate it to the Central Texas Food Bank. So just so you have, just to be as transparent as possible, like for example, on a men's t-shirt, the profit is 10 bucks. So that's how much I will get is $10 and I will donate that $10. On a women's t-shirt, the profit's five bucks. A face mask, the profit is $2. The stickers, depending on the size, the profit would be a dollar or two or a magnet or a button, maybe two or three dollars. These are the, this is not the cost of the item. This is, this is how much money will come to me if you buy one of these items. And I will send that back on to the Central Texas Food Bank. And when you're thinking about a dollar buys eight meals, how many meals could we possibly buy? I mean, I don't know. I don't even have really a goal. A lot of you said you wanted to buy merch. I'd love it if you did. But right now, I just feel grateful that I was able to get the shop up and going. Really excited that every season's going to have a specific design for it. And I will go back and do the first seven seasons, just it'll take a little bit of time. And that... And really, really hopeful about possibly doing some good with it. So I would love if you guys went out and bought something. Well, listen, not everybody can. Not everybody has the money. Not everybody wants to fucking buy a pumpkin sticker. I get it. I fucking get it. But if you can't do that, you can also help the pod by leaving a review. Uh, you can leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you fucking listen to podcasts and tell them why you come here and listen to this every Sunday, why you download it, what you're listening for. I don't read reviews. It helps other people find the reviews. It helps the podcast immensely. So if you, and if you've already given a review, ask a friend to give a review, get their phone, (laughs) subscribe to the podcast and leave a fucking review. Do it. Um, and if you've already done that and also you don't have any friends, understandable. I only got like two friends anyway. (laughs) Then also make sure that you follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Buy Pumpkin Podcast and at Buy Pumpkin Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, like 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 some shit, retweet some shit, help a sister out. Uh, 
I am forever grateful to the audience of this podcast. I, when I look at the downloads, I'm always really like, I, I try not to look at the downloads because it, it stresses me out because part of the way I'm able to do this podcast, is I pretend like I'm really talking to like two people. <laughs> and that allows me to say some of the wacky shit I say on here because I'm like, ah, only two people will fucking hear it. And when I think about how many people actually do hear it, I get real fucking nervous. And so, <laughs> so but um, I am forever grateful for the people who listen to this podcast, who subscribe to the Patreon. It's another way to support. It's five bucks a month. You get a bonus episode every fucking week. It's fun stuff over there. It's at buy pumpkin. It's at patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. But I'm like grateful that you guys are listening. I'm grateful for the support you do give. I'm grateful for you hanging out. I'm grateful for people who at me on Twitter to talk about, uh, to, 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 you know, talk about, uh, Panero bread. (laughs) And by the way, so right now there are only four designs in there. There will be more, like I said, for each, um, season of Buy Pumpkin. However, there are other things like callbacks that we normally do, uh, like Panero bread and also like, uh, Florida businessman. (laughs) I just give me some time. I'll, I'll let you know as new things come in. But yeah, uh, thanks for like being a part of my life and thanks for like letting this be a thing. I really, really fucking appreciate it. So it's time to confess. I am a liar. Last week I told you guys that season eight was over. That's a fucking lie. Why would I want my hundredth episode to to end on a bonus episode? No, (laughs) that's dumb. Didn't think about it. Uh, so the reunion episode one and two of Mob Wives season two will be the last episode of season eight of By Pumpkin. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's uh, episode 18 and 19 of season two. Um, you guys know how I feel about reunions. They're filler, right? Uh, there are very few reunions where something important happens. I, an exception is the reunion where where Portia finally blurted out that Phaedra was the one that told her that fucking lie about Candy after spending three months of fucking filming, not telling anybody. Um, that's where we get that meme. The lies, the lies, the lies. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of other, um, I honestly think that the, the first reunion where Ramona walked off, the first, and that's the first reunion of New York, where Ramona leaves. <laughs> because they're talking about a fucking, what's the, what is her name? Alex's nude photos and she, and she doesn't really leave. She just kind of wanders to the back of the set and she looks lost. <laughs> I think that's important. I think the Brooks and Vicky of it all was very important for reunions. But when we're talking about this um, four part reunion for Beverly Hills this season, that's bullshit. We don't need all that. Uh, I think they're doing a four parter for Potomac. I love Potomac. It's my favorite franchise right now. They don't need no four part reunion. They really don't. They made it four parts so they can spend more time talking to Nicki Minaj. That's what they did. But for the most part, the reunions, I I feel like even when they're really good, they are disappointing because the host never asks what you want them to ask, right? They, they, they never bear down on the person where you want them to, especially Andy. I, like Andy really should be hosting Housewives reunions. I understand... 
why he started doing it. I understand why he wants to do it. I understand why other people might want him to do it. But you, it's very hard because Andy is, Andy is not the host I want him to be. I love for a black woman to host the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion. And Nikki is not hosting. And I don't want to be a, a celebrity anyway. I want it to be a someone who does hosting as a duty. Like they, that's what they do. But we'll see. Um, yeah, and and no matter what, I always leave disappointed, except for a few times when I didn't. Um, what season was Tamara calling a uh fuck what's his name? I forgot. I've forgotten. We have not seen him in so long. Slade's ex-wife. <laughs> Being like, I'm trying to fight for you, girl. <laughs> like, no, you are. You're just in someone else's fucking business. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. Um, I'll say that my first question for this Mobwise reunion was how did they get Joe ba- Joey Behar? How did they get her? I know it was 2012, but I still feel like her quote in 2012 was more than VH1 could afford. I really feel that. How did they get fucking Joy Behar? And she didn't do it again, I don't think. I think it's Vivica A. Fox another time. I don't know. It's somebody. Um, I also find it interesting that Jennifer's on the couch. Uh, Jennifer, the exec producer, um, Renee's sister, Karen's good friend. Um, but she's on the couch to start off with. Because they're talking about Junior being a rat. And, she, and and she's saying that if she ever saw Junior, that she would just want to know why he did this. And she also says that she knew it the day they came and took her father. She already knew Junior was a rat at that time. She was also surprised that he came to her and said he wanted to be more involved in the show. Like that, like him being on the show so much was a part of him. And she told him that, he, that it would ruin his street cred, but he said he didn't care. That's right. He didn't care because he knew his street cred was going to be ruined anyway. Renee says she miscarried in January and I had to go back and look at the articles from December from like when Junior what when the first started coming out Junior was a rat that was in December so she was pregnant that's interesting so she had to be pregnant when Junior went in she's drinking and smoking like a chimney I mean she wouldn't have fucking known would she have known I don't fucking know but she says she miscarried from the stress. Um, she also says that Junior proposed to her before he moved home and even went to her father to ask her hand in marriage. He was the one that was pushing to have the baby. Lord help me. If I have a 17-year-old son and I get pregnant again, I know people do that all the time, right? Especially if you had your first kid really young and then the second kid is a chance to like, have your kid when you're not a fucking teenager and you can actually you can actually kind of enjoy some of the 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 parenting stuff because you're also not stressed the fuck out because you're a teen parent you actually have a little bit of money and you can actually you know know, afford daycare and (laughs) actually actually not be like like stressed to the max 24 fucking 7 because you have a kid when you're a kid I do get that but also I would never want a 17 year old and a baby never Never, but I'm, I'm sure Renee would have done the finding that I just like, I was very shocked to hear that. And I have definitely seen all the episodes of Mob Wise. I had forgotten that she had been pregnant. Um, 
Jen says that her first thought when all this shit happened was to shut down production, but it was Renee who insisted that they go on, which when I think about it makes sense, right? Um, because Renee is a showboat. Renee likes to do, Renee, like when I'm in a state where I need to roll around on the ground screaming and crying, I don't want nobody fucking near me. I don't want nobody near me when I'm sick, when I'm very upset. I just like keep to my fucking self. Renee is the type of person that when she is going through it, she has no problem screaming and rolling around the floor in front of like a large group of people. And like that, that's just her personality. I guess she's more of an extrovert than anything. And she said, no, I wanted them to be there. I wanted them to show like, this is what the show is about. I wanted to show what it's like to be a mob wife. Renee says Junior was acting suspiciously and she thought he was cheating. That's what she thought was happening. And they talk about how he was not happy with that watch that she gave him and how that was probably because he was wearing a wire in his watch and that he was and that whenever he would go to a meeting or something, he'd be looking for a specific watch. I was like, ugh, hindsight is 2020. They also say he's been rejected for witness protection program because he lied. I wonder what he lied about. And I do believe that you have to, for everything I see in TV and movies, although, I mean, those aren't, those aren't perfect. They're always reliable. That you do have to kind of like tell them as much as you possibly can and that you can be put out of the program for non-compliance or lying. But I wonder what he lied about. Hmm. Hmm. They asked how Big Inge was able to get along with everybody she says she doesn't want to die from stress, so she doesn't fight people. I tell people this at my job every fucking day. I tell, especially I work with somebody who gets super, she's a friend. I've known her a long time. She gets super stressed about everything. And I'm always telling her, like, you are acting like these projects, like you're the mother of these projects. Like you gave birth to these projects. When you are not, you are the babysitter of these projects. That means it's been put in your care for a certain amount of time with instructions for care. And when you say you have pride in your work, the pride is in babysitting. You don't own this and you don't decide what happens next. And you take everything personally because you think you're the mother of these things. And I'm, I'm constantly, like I said, most of the people I work with are a bit younger than me. And I'm always like, like guys, you, I'm not trying to talk down to you. I'm just trying to let you know that like stress will fucking kill you. It you don't gain anything by being more stressed about this shit than your bosses, than your coworkers are. Working harder, stressing out more than everybody around you doesn't get you shit. It really doesn't. And you look at the feedback you've got. Think. Look at the look at what have you been patted on the head for for stroking out in the office over over something small? You haven't, right? It's because it doesn't it doesn't get you anything. But I totally agree. Like, I I just believe in being less stressed out about things, even though I don't always take my own fucking advice. But um, I love that Big Ann just like, she doesn't want to fight with people. I think she's smart. She says she avoided fights by leaving. She'd be like, gotta go to work. <laughs> Again, smart. Because she becomes the fan favorite. She has two spinoffs. Because people just really like her sitting there and laughing and having a good time and not having fights. We also find out that Ramona's the one that came up with the name nickname Lucifina. That is, Drita's been calling her that, but Ramona's the one who came up with it a long time ago. She says when you when you start shit with her, she's the devil. And she's Drita's just calling her what she calls herself. That was interesting. Then we get to Carla and Renee's arguments. They both agree they are close friends, but they definitely fight because they have too much in common. Carla says Big Inge says things 
like worse than anybody else, but people like her more so she gets away with it. And Renee also admits that, that being over-emotional and letting her mouth run, especially when she said she was going to crack uh, Karen's head open, is just like, that's just her personality. Drita also defends Karen, I mean Carla, for carrying bones because she's like, I asked what they talked about in the Poconos. Carla didn't come over here to tell me that. And also, what kind of person would Carla be if she came to see me and she didn't even mention it? And I agree, like, it only made sense. This was, I thought it was the, the, the only time Carla was actually being a good friend. Karen says she never said that Carla, Karen, well, hold on. Karen says she never said that Carla said Renee knew that Junior was um, gonna inform on her, on her, um, on her father. What uh, Karen told Renee is that um, be careful about your words because they can be misconstrued. So be careful about what you're saying in front of people. And Renee agrees that Karen never told her Carla said that. And then looking back, she realizes that that's not what Carla intended. Um, and that she just like over blew it because she was really paranoid at the time. You know, Carla and Karen, Carla and Renee at this point are, are really good with each other. But it's interesting because I started watching season three just in the background of shit. Like when I do my hair and stuff, put on the iPad in my, in my bathroom and while I'm braiding and stuff. And next season starts with Carla and Renee going at it. Um, apparently, I don't know, um, it started with Twitter, uh, AJ said something disrespectful to Carla, and Carla clapped back at him, I still don't know what was said, and Renee got really upset, because that's her son, and I was like, your son's like 18 now, and, and like, so, so here's my thing, <laughs> I've talked about this before, but periphery characters on these shows if it's your mama or your baby or your husband if they don't want to be in it they don't need to get in it and if your kid is a Brielle Beerman or an Ashley from New Jersey or whomever and they say I and they say they like take they get into it then they in it and they can catch a stray if they want to and if AJ is tweeting at Carla something disrespectful, which Karen, which Karen, which Renee agreed was disrespectful. Then Carla can say whatever the fuck she wants to him back. If he was 10, I understand Renee being like, you should have brought that to me, but he's grown and he's out here talking. So let him do it. And, but this is what starts it. And I don't understand why Renee is so upset considering she agrees that AJ did it. This is in season three. This is not happening in this room. But um, what happens is starts a fight between Carla and Renee and Carla starts calling Renee a junkie. Like she says junkie and, and you doing junkie things and having junkie thought. She says that shit a million fucking times in the first two episodes. And it's like, because... Junkie is a really not nice word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I don't, tr I try not to say that about people. You know what I mean? And so the fact she kept saying it over and over and over, I was like, ooh, ooh. ooh. 
you know, it's kind of like, uh, see you next Tuesday, right? That's, that's, um, I know depending on your culture, you use it a lot, but it's not a word that I use a lot. And so when somebody comes out and calls somebody that I'm like, oof, it like, you know, it really sticks out. So, you know, Carla's saying junkie over and over and over and over and over again and being like, yeah, because all the junkies I know don't do. I was like, what? <laughs> and she's even at Big Ange's house. Because Big Ange's son is in rehab in, in season three. Shocker, right? <laughs> Big Ange's son is in rehab. Court-appointed rehab. So, um, and she can't even contact him because the rehab rules are really strict. Um, and, like, Renee's like, you hear that, Big Ange? She's calling your son a junkie. <laughs> Really? She's calling you a junkie, Renee? <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is, I don't know. I, I i was really shocked by Carla at that moment. But so she's calling Renee a junkie and Renee's calling her a homewrecker, which we'll get to. But by saying she's sleeping with all these married men and really when she, when she explains what happened, she's saying that she and Carla went to a club and a man was with his girl there. I mean, the two of them were together in, in Renee's group. And that when, you know, Carla was out there, you know, dancing and shit. I'm, I, I wonder how Carla dances. <laughs> I wonder how Carla dances. <laughs> She's so cute. I, I, I wonder, I, okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining her, like, I don't know, doing the running man. <laughs> know whatever she's going to dance and this guy's following her around and like coming to talk to her and like when she's over there getting a drink he's over there talking to her and stuff and Renee's like well you should have gone back to the girl and been like your man's following me and I'm like should she have like I don't like especially if it's not like a friend I'm not gonna go over there and be like just so you know your man keeps flirting with me your man be flirting with me (laughs) like I'm not gonna do that what, so we can fight? I'm just going to be like, I'm going to try to like be cool, but play it off. And, 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 you know, I call it the bartender nod. Like when you're a bartender and people are talking to you, sometimes you have to go like, wow, that's wild. And kind of nod and like, <laughs> but doesn't invite more conversation. I mean, plenty, it shouldn't be called that. It should, it's, it should be the ladies nod because the women do it all the time with men who are trying to like push up on them and they're not interested. But yeah, I would have like tried to play it cool not start anything, not offend him, not go tell her, and just kind of, like, distance myself from him. But anyway, that's what Renee says the problem is, but okay. Um, But in terms of the reunion, oh, yeah, so when Renee says that's the problem, you know, everybody's first thought is, why do you fucking care? (laughs) Like, like, like you, because I was married and my husband cheated. Okay, well, that don't have shit to do with somebody uh, liking Carla in the fucking club. What, girl? (laughs) Um, but so it's interesting in this reunion that they have completely made up. Like they are not fighting at all. Um, you know, it, it, Renee is basically saying, is basically backtracking on everything she did in the season. And she's just like, I was overblown. I was paranoid. I don't know why I said that. So then we get the Carla, Karen, and Ramona of it all. They have a problem with Carla still talking shit about them after the truce. Remember, there's a point where they're like, if you hear something from me, you come to me. And if I hear something about you, I'll come to you. Everything Ramona said, she says she said before they decided the truce. And so she's mad at Carla. And Carla calls Ramona a huge liar. Eventually, gets so mad at each other. Like, they're yelling back and forth. Like, the closed captioning, which I have on everything because I'm sort of losing my hearing. But also, I read faster than I hear things anyway. So... 
um, just says all yelling. <laughs> I was like, right. Um, but eventually they get so fucking mad that Karen blurts out that Carla was sleeping with her married uncle for eight years. And I can't, it was kind of garbled. I can't figure it out if he was married for eight years. They were, she was fucking with him for eight years. Um, either way, the, 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 it's that she was fucking a married man. And like, I could tell she had something because every time her and Carla would start talking, she'd be like, I respect for you and your family. I don't want to say anything. I respect for you and your family. That's, that's basically code for girl. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell your fucking tea. I'm going to scream it in this fucking. <laughs> um, Renee gets up and walks off the stage. I'm like, why? Why? Is, is it? the idea of Carla sleeping with a married man is too much for you. But I think Car Renee already knew that rumor and she felt it. And I think she was walking off the stage cause she didn't want Karen to say it. And then, so it's interesting that we, that after this reunion, we hit the season three and Carla and Renee are fighting. And Renee's problem is that she sleeps with married men and she's a hooker and a hoe. That's, they, she literally says that. <laughs> um, and, And again, people want to know why. And Renee is admitting to having a drug problem in the next season. Um, and she says it started with her surgery and everything. And people want to know why is Carla care so much about Renee's pill problem? And why does Renee care so much about Carla sleeping with a married man? I don't fucking know. Um, Carla says the reason she cares so much about the drug problem is that every time there's some problem, it's because Renee's on drugs. I'm like, okay, well... All right, well, stop hanging out with Renee. I don't know. But I just, uh, I feel like it's like, unless it's directly affecting you, it's really none of your problem. It's none of your problem. And you, if directly, if you just don't want to be around someone who's like popping pills and acting erratically, that's fine. Like, I think that's a fine reason not to be around someone. I wouldn't, I'm like, I'm too old for this shit now. When I was younger, I used to love to be up in the drama. I would love, like, I'd be looking at the drama. Like, if there was a fight in the club, I'd be all looking over there, what they doing. Like, I wouldn't get into the fight, but I'd be, like, close enough so I could see the fight. Because that, but now I'd be like, oh, shit, they fighting over there. Let's go to the car. I'll look from the car. <laughs> and so, like, I can see, like, not wanting to hang around with Renee. She's acting erratically and she's high or whatever. But I can also see, like, I also would not be walking on the fucking boardwalk screaming junkie at her all the time. I would not be doing that. Um, I guess, I don't know. I, that word doesn't imply any empathy. And I just feel like I, I have more empathy than not for people who are having like addiction problems. Um, I'll say this. Carla doesn't deny that she's been sleeping with, with Karen's uncle. She, she just says that's not Karen's uncle. And Karen says he was an uncle in this lifestyle. Like, okay, I understand. He probably ran around with your dad, so you called him Uncle So-and-so. And then Carla says that Karen slept with a married man, and Karen raises her finger and goes, one, one. I'm like, okay, so, I mean, I don't think sleeping with a married person is, is like, the worst thing in the world. I mean, unless you're sleeping with my married person, and then it was a fucking problem, okay? <laughs> but I, But as a rule, I believe that the person who owes something is the person who is in the relationship, right? And not the person outside the relationship. I mean, if you're going to be disrespectful, that's something. But like, if, if my partner chooses to go out and cheat on me with you, I don't know that. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I love you, but I just don't know if that like makes, I don't see it's your fault. I don't, but then again, I'm 
different than this. Like, you know, Renee, Renee's whole sensibilities are very different from mine. So, like, as they're sitting here arguing about who slept with a married man, I'm like, all right, well, no. Like, <laughs> who cares? When they come back from break, they decide to talk about Karen and Drita's fight on the balcony at that party, at that celebration of life party. And they give us footage of the fight. And I have to reiterate, I'm on Drita's side. It is... It is so obvious they are double-teaming her that, like, Karen was out there, then Ramona shows up. They're both screaming in her face with fingers in her face. Ramona should have stayed inside and let Karen and Drita do whatever they were going to do. And Drita throws the first, the first punch, but it really felt like they were coming to do, as, as you know, as my Louisiana people would say, do her something. And I... Judy didn't ask to talk. She this is the surprising part. She didn't ask to talk to Karen that night. In fact, she was told she was told to talk to Karen and she did not want to. She didn't ask began to do that and she said she kept insisting and that it was wrong. She didn't want to. I feel like what they really want to say is production. And Renee asked her to be respectful and stay away from Karen and Drita had agreed. She did not come to that party to talk to Karen. Karen says that all summer she wanted to talk to Drita, but she was told the entire time that Drita wasn't ready. Drita asks who told her that, and Karen hesitates, but eventually says it was Jennifer, a.k.a. production. And Drita doesn't want to say that Jennifer was lying, but she's saying she never said that. Karen makes Jen come back on the set to say that Drita wasn't ready to talk, like, sometime right after the fight. Like, because Karen was like, she promised she wasn't going to hit, she wasn't going to fight with Drita, she just wanted to talk to Drita. And Jennifer's like, well, I did ask you right after the fight. And Drita said no. And like, I, I, I can imagine that. But what Karen is saying, Karen is saying that if she, she was asking all summer, basically on the hiatus between the seasons. And if you came to Drita the second week after this happened and she was like, nah, I don't want to do that. And now, when I'm talking about the fight, I'm talking about the rooftop fight before the balcony fight at Renee's party. I know there were so many fights, but that fight happened at the end of the season and the rooftop fight happened at the end of the season. And what Karen is saying is in between seasons before they started, she had wanted to talk to Drita and Jennifer told her no. And Jennifer's saying, I did talk to Drita and Drita's saying, yeah, you talked to me like the week after it happened. I didn't want to talk to her, but you didn't ask me three months later or whatever. And I understand it's a misunderstanding. Um, Jen says that she talked to Drita again right before the party. or She and told her that Karen still wanted to talk to her and that they weren't going to fight. And so what happens is Drita texts Karen right before the fucking party, like the day before the party. And Karen doesn't answer because she's like, I'm about to see her at the fucking party. I'm like, okay, but yeah, you, if you would have answered it, you guys could have squashed some things before you got, this fight wouldn't have happened, but whatever. Karen says that someone her mindset going into that party on that balcony was that she had been hearing that's that people on Staten Island multiple people said that they were they overheard Carla and Drita laughing about how they put Karen in a hospital with the rooftop fight and how she you know how she's a little bitch or whatever and you know Drita's like that never fucking happened. Like they'd be out to dinner being like, ha ha, thank God you put her in a fucking hospital. <laughs> I'm sure it's some exaggeration of what was said. 
And Joy goes, oh, so it's just shit stirs in Staten Island. And all the ladies are like, yes, there's so many. But here's the thing. If you guys know there's so much gossip and shit in Staten Island, why do you believe everything you hear? What, why do you believe it? If you, if the first thing that comes out of your mind is, oh, there, there's just a ton of gossip, then mm, who cares? You shouldn't be believing that stuff. Again, Drea through the first punch. She says it was because uh, Ramona came out there. Ramona says she didn't come out there to fight. She swears on her kid she wasn't going to fight. She says that she saw Drita's veins popping out of her neck. I'm like, I don't even drink, think Drita heard that. <laughs> it was like, shade. <laughs> and she saw the body language. And Ramona says she likes Drita's kids and her kids. And they're all friends. And so she cared about the situation. She may not like Drita, but she's still a mother. You're a mother. At the end of the day, you're a mother. And... <laughs> Drita says they weren't on good terms and being a mother doesn't have anything to do with that. Again, I agree with Drita. I don't understand these people that's like, as a mother? <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have some kids now and all of a sudden you're a whole different person. You're the same person. And, and like, I don't know that, like, you having kids and me having kids automatically bonds us and means I have to stick up for you. That's not true. Like, fucking half the fucking population has fucking kids. What does that have to do with us? And I... Drita says we were not good. You and I were in a fucking fight, and then you, and here I am having a tense conversation with Karen, and you show up. I agree. So you should stay your ass in there, Ramona. Um, Drita continues to say that Ramona should not, Ramona shouldn't have been there. Ramona says, "Don't be jealous because you had nobody there for you." <laughs> Ramona reminds me of Kenya um, from Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I've talked about this on my podcast. I've talked about this on Liz's podcast. I've talked about this a lot. The thing people, like Kenya is an excellent villain because she will do whatever, right? She'll put on some butt pads and, and, and a see-through cover up and show up at a charity event, you know, to pretend to be Phaedra. You know, she, she'll, she'll pull a chair from underneath Kim Fields. <laughs> Kim Fields' little... Oh, homey at homely ass. She'll do that. She'll she'll do whatever needs to be done. When the cameras go, Kenya goes. And when the cameras are down, Kenya's like, okay, you guys want to have lunch? Because she doesn't care. And this is why I dislike her because I'm like, you don't care about none of this shit. None of it. You just doing it to do it. And that means that's a person that can't, you can't, I can't trust you to be a friend to me if you'll do whatever it takes. Uh, Brandy Moore, Brandy Moore, not Brandy Moore. It's Kenya Moore and Brandy Glanville. Brandy Glanville's another one. She will do whatever on camera. She's just like, what do you guys need me to do? You need me to run in there and call her a bitch? Fine. Hi, mom, you're a bitch. Like, she doesn't fucking care. <laughs> and it makes them unpredictable. It makes them, they can't be a friend to you because their their highest priority is production. And then when the cameras go down, they're like, why are you mad? We were just doing, Lisa Renna, I think, is, is like this in a certain way as well. It's like, what are you at? Oh, that was, that was for the camera. Let's go get, let's go get some pizza. Do you want to see a movie? Let's hang out. Let's do a baby shower for you. No big deal. Because they, they know this is all fun and games. They're acting in a way. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Brandy Glanville is really fucked up. I don't think she's acting about that. But what I'm saying is that when the camera goes, she gets activated and she will do whatever the fuck production wants her to do. They can come to her and go, you need to get in there and ask her about uh, this, uh, ask her about why her kid's so ugly. Go. And she'll be like, yeah, okay, fine. Hey, I heard your kid's ugly. Like, she's just, 
That's how she is. And I think Brandy's like that because she drinks too much. I think Lisa Rinna's like that because she is a hustler to the fucking extreme and she does what it takes to get a paycheck. She does not care. She'll she'll get rid of anything. She'll get rid of any relationship. She'll cry on camera. She doesn't care. She'll I don't know. Talk about her daughter fucking like a, a man twice her his a drug addict twice her age who is in an emotional affair with his baby mama and also has a lot of things to work on. She'll 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 talk about that on camera all the time too. Mm-hmm. And Kenya, I think Kenya comes from the school of, I'm an actress, so what do we have to do here? Um, And I think Ramona has a bit of that in her. I think Drita's really fucking mad at Ramona. And Ramona's just like saying whatever. You know, this is the show. I'll say whatever. And But Drita cannot separate the show from if I see you on the fucking street. And I think those are fundamentally what the problem is here. Um... So, like I said, Drita says she could have brought plenty of people there. She was going to fight, but she didn't plan to fight. They would have she would have unleashed like beast. And Ramona says that hers would have lit the place up, so bring it on. And the two of them get up, and they do, they get up to fight, and Ramo, Renee tries to get in between them. Joy is trying to grab Drita. I was like, y'all don't have security up in this bitch? What was the budget? They get, Drita is really going to hit her. Drita is really fucking upset. And Ramona's just like talking at yin yang. And like her mouth is, (laughs) she has no problem saying whatever. But if security eventually does show up and and everyone's out of their seats, Drita is screaming. Um, You know, uh, Joy is still sitting there, but she's looking like, "Mm." (laughs) Renee is trying to calm her down. Drita is, uh, is uh, just like, why don't you and I go out and just fight? <laughs> so it's over with her. They won't let her. And she storms off. And Ramona's like, you come to my house. You know where I live. And I'm like, Ramona, I know you're a tough bitch, okay? I get, I get, I get the persona you're giving me. But if you tell her to come to your house, you know where you live, and she shows up tomorrow... And you don't come outside. Instead, you call somebody or you, you know, whatever it is you do. You're the asshole because you told her to come over there. It's the same when we talk about Monique and um, Monique and Candace fighting on Real Housewives. I've said before, I was really excited for this because I thought Candace was going to get her cub bits. And I was like, oh, that's not what I thought happened. Like, Monique was really in a bitch eating crackers mode and she was just like whatever Candace does she hates it but we are not gonna pretend like Candace does not say drag me Monique drag me in her face because okay you know this is kitchen table talk this is for the podcast don't y'all don't you're not gonna tell nobody about this right (laughs) I've been looking at this Gigi and Zayn and Yolanda Hadid um stuff and I'm gonna like publicly, I can't be tweeting this shit. Publicly, I, <laughs> I, I cannot agree with Zayn because he's running around here calling people a copper. Like he's uh, yelling about his sperm. He's obviously under the influence of some things. And like, I really can't be on the side of some man pushing Yolanda with her chronic Lyme disease down on a dresser. That said, 
If I'm telling you the fucking truth, if me and Gigi are coupled up and I'm at home with our baby while she's in Paris and Yolanda shows up uninvited and unannounced and then come in his house talking sporty to me, whatever happens, happens. I am not responsible for what happens next. One, you don't live here. I don't know why Gigi gave you the key. You don't live here. You did not ask to come over here. You did not announce yourself that you came in here. You have a lot to say to me. I don't know what I could be smoking crack in that bitch. I'm at my house. Okay. I'm at my house. You go to your house. Once you enter my home unannounced and uninvited and unwanted, whatever happens after that happens, I'm not responsible for it. Now, did, did, does it just sound like I just did the, the, st- the stand your ground law? Fucking Texas is getting to me, guys. <laughs> I think I'm going to go buy a gun. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> because I can't be trusted with weapons <laughs> for the reason I just fucking told you. But I, I'm that is, that's a belief of mine. Why are you in someone else's home unannounced and uninvited? Gigi is not here. Okay. And even if Gigi were here, I would tell Gigi, Gigi, your mom can't just come over here whenever she wanted to. So we wouldn't have even gotten this far, right? Because at the start of this relationship, I would have set a boundary. Do not give your mother a key to her home. <laughs> she cannot. I would have never let, I like, I know Gigi brought the, that space that's next to um, Yolanda's farm or whatever. But I would have been like, that can't be our home base because we can't live next door to your mom. Like, she's not my mom. Like, I, so the, the truth is, I wouldn't have been there anyway. I wouldn't have been there anyway. We would have had to go to my place because I'm not, we would have to live there. I cannot live next door to Yolanda. But again, if you don't want nothing, don't start nothing. Okay? Okay? And I feel, I feel similar about Candace. Like, Candace, I don't, I'm not saying it was fair it was good it was the right thing for Monique to do but the fact is you was in her face and you said drag me Monique drag me and then she dragged you <laughs> and I'm gonna say the same thing to Ramona Ramona you over here talking really big and I'm the only time I've seen you in an altercation someone busted you in your fucking mouth so uh, it's TBD on whether you can defend yourself but do not tell Drita to come to your house if you are not ready for her to come to your fucking house I would never say that to somebody. I would never get into an argument and be like, meet me outside my house, unless I was ready for you to get over there. I'm, I feel like every five minutes I'm condoning, I have to say this, I don't condone fighting, I don't think fighting is good, I don't think grown ass people, these women are in their late 30s, early 40s, I'm assuming. Mid 30s at the very least. Trita might be the youngest. But, bro, I don't, I don't, you're too old to be fighting out here, especially, I mean, Listen, somebody tries if somebody tries to hurt you and your family, I and you have to fight them, I understand. But like you're too old to be fighting over what somebody said and starting all this stuff and come to my house and meet me outside. Like this we're too old for this. You have too much to lose. You have a bunch of fucking kids. Y'all got a job on TV. Half your men are in prison already. You go to prison, what's gonna happen to these fucking kids? <laughs> but but <laughs> that said, if you don't want to live like that, don't be out here talking. Because the thing is, we cannot control how other people react to us. Not everybody was raised the same way. Not everybody came from the same shit. Not everybody has the same morals. Not everybody has the same propensities. So that means that if you get in somebody's face, you have to be ready for whatever happens next. Because you don't know what's going to happen next. 
And while I'm not condoning people fighting, I'm saying this is that take your part in this. Don't get in people's face, tell them to drag you. Don't tell people to meet you outside. Uh, don't tell people, well, you know where I live. You can just come over there anytime. Can she? And your fucking kids live there? I would take them. If, if I had a problem with someone and they showed up at my home, I would take incredible offense to that. One, how'd you find out where I live? Two, what the fuck are you doing here? And you come over here to, to beat my ass in front of my kids? Okay. Well. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my face right now. <laughs> I just, I, like, like I said, I just find Ramona to be incredibly, I don't know. I find her to be incredibly um, unpredictable. I just do. By the time they get back, this is probably the second episode. Dorita's like, you know, everyone settles down. Ramona and Carla and Joy are upset about how everyone is yelling. Not Ramona, Renee. And Joy says the anchor's fine, but don't get up, which I agree with. Like, if just don't get up, Drita. And Ramona, don't tell her to get up either. Ramona says that Drita saw her in LA and Drita took off like a fucking G6. <laughs> and Drita calls her a stalker and also says that she will fight Ramona off camera because she's never fighting in front of a rat camera again. Ramona says she better pick out a grade. The way they talk, like I said, is so bombastic, so hyperbole, hyperbolic. Um, but that's just how a certain set of people talk. My husband talks like that. Like, like he'll be like, uh, who, who spilled this juice in him? I'll punch you in your fucking head. I'm like, I'm like these are children. <laughs> Are you really gonna punch somebody in the hand over this juice, or are we just gonna be like, hey, uh, who can you clean? Whoever, whoever spilled this juice, y'all need to clean it up. You know, it's not a big deal about dropping things, but you gotta clean it after yourself. You cannot just leave it here. Th that's something I would say. <laughs> I would not. Are you gonna? Are you gonna punch him in their head, babe? Are you gonna hit him? No, it's just how you like. I remember once he was telling me something about his sister. His sister had told him there was a store somewhere. We were on Long Island. And, you know, he uh, wanted to go to the store. And his sister lives on Long Island. Or lived on Long Island at the time. And he, his sister told him something. And so we, we drive around the store. We drive to the place. And the store, there's no store there. He goes, I'm going to kick her in her head. <laughs> and I was like, what? He says, yeah, I'm going to kick her in her head. She said the store was right here. I'm going to crack her skull open. And I was like, why? <laughs> it's like, cause she said the store was here. It's like, you think she? Oh, you think she lured you here to get you or something? But that's just, I I think that is a very tri-state area way of talking, and um, um, I have I've had to adjust to it. But yeah, they just they just say whatever. Um, now Renee is yelling and Karen is screaming that Joy is in charge and it's her show. Renee starts screaming and telling Joy how to do the show. I'm like, oh my God, Joy, how did you even, what did they pay you to go there? Ramona says that she can talk about it, but if Drita wants to get gully, she will too. Um, and we find out that Karen and Drita's truce is still in effect after all this arguing, that they, their truce is still in effect. And Ramona says that's fine as long as it's respected because she had a truce with Carla and it wasn't respected. And I'm like, okay, well, that's Carla. Um, they got the men to join. Joe and Dave join to talk about being in prison. The worst thing is missing your family. I agree. That's probably a lot of people would say that. Uh, Joe went in for wire fraud, tax evasion, and Dave went in for a variety of crimes, including attempted murder. Um, 
I think Dave is talking about the first time he went to prison before, right before he met. He got out of prison right before he met Karen. And he had been robbing a store with his cousin. And they were running off. And the cousin had, like, turned around or, like, shot it. Because the cousin did something that amounts to attempted murder, Dave got it, too. And this is one of the reasons we don't commit group crimes. <laughs> one, snitches. Two, if some if you if you um if somebody kills someone in the commission of a group of a crime like a robbery or something like that you all get it it doesn't matter if you were in a car it doesn't matter if you at home waiting for the fucking money you all get you all get the attempted murder or the murder charge um be careful about who you commit crimes with even your cousin um joe said he was in prison when carla told him about the show and it was more like prison wives and it, then it became mob wives, and he liked prison wives better. He just felt it was better. But he got out before it started airing. But apparently it's a big, people love it in prison. Joe and Carla say they were friends first, and Carla comes before any other woman, which is what I think what Carla wanted to fucking hear. Um, they call his new girlfriend a little girl, but even even Joe's like, what? They call her a chippy on the side. That's what Joe Joy calls her, and Joey's like a chippy. Um, the girl's name is Raquel, and in season three, she is very much still a part. They've been together about a year at that point. She's very much a part of Joe's life, and she's not 22. She's like 27, which is still pretty young for 42, 43-year-old Joe. That said, 27 and 22 are whole are completely fucking different. Um, and just looking at her, I mean, she... She looks like she's from Staten Island, Jersey, okay? And she's, and she, I don't know, she's not what Carla called her, okay? And at this point, they're out there playing basketball or something, and, and they're talking about how they're going to move in together. And because it just makes sense, she's there all the time, Carl, Joe has gotten this big place, and the twins are over there, and Raquel, her name's Raquel, Raquel says, um, Raquel says that she doesn't think Carla's jealous of her. What she thinks is, is that when Joe and the twins and Raquel are together, they're like a little family. And that's what bothers Carla. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I would hate that too. I would hate that. I mean, I'd have to get over it, but I'd hate that too. That my kids go off for four days to their dad's house and they've got a whole family over there. Um, Raquel seems fun. She doesn't seem like, I don't know. She doesn't seem like she's trying to take uh, Carla's place. It doesn't seem like she's trying to like she's mean to the kids. Seems like she likes the kids a lot, and and it it doesn't seem like she's stepping out of place at all. And she's also not twenty one years old. She's almost fucking thirty, and there is a huge age difference in between them. And that I got a side eye, but uh, I don't think it's gonna be a new girl. And it could. I mean, I've seen Into the Future season three and it's not going to be a new girl. Um, Joe tells us that he didn't even know how old she was right away. She's like, she's in her 20s. I'm like, he's like, all I did, he's like, when I'm, he's like, what, I'm going to get her whole life story? I was like, mm, yeah. Like at this point, you've been dating her for a few months. You don't, you didn't know how old she was at this point. And he's like, yeah, when I met her in a club, in a bar, in a club or whatever, I just made sure she was the age and went on from there. And I'm like, Joe, this sounds terrible. Although Joe is still very cute to me. Very fucking cute to me. I don't know what it is. Does he remind me of somebody? I don't know. He's cute. 
His uh, his shirt's too big, but he's cute. Joe says he cheated on Carla a lot when they were married. When they were married to each other, um, Carla would call him the single man. <laughs> they also say that he didn't hook up. They didn't hook up when they got out of prison, which is a fucking lie. Why are they lying to us, guys? Carla says the reason she didn't try to get back together with him when he came out of prison is that she was worried it wasn't going to work out. She didn't want her kids to not have him. Then it seemed like the whole family was back together and then they break up again and be even worse. And I agree with that, which is why you fucked them when the kids weren't there. Girl, I know. I know. Don't lie to me, Carla. Um, Carla also admitted that that Joe has never given her shit for anyone she's dated. Well, she said, well, you know, he was away. But I was like... Okay, but he's never giving you shit about it. So, I mean, I got my problems with Joe myself. But if he's never even, like, raised an objection about you dating somebody, you owe it to him to, like, let him breathe. Um, everyone wants to get back together, especially Renee. But remember, we don't take love advice from Renee because Renee don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Dave tells us he's not moving to New York. He has a good job and a, a new a new position that's really good for him in Arizona. He's going to stay there. Karen says she needs to stay in New York for now because there's so many opportunities. Karen thinks that Karina's coming to stay for good. Dave says it's for the summer and the rest is to be determined. Joyce says maybe by a court. And Dave says no, he doesn't want to go to court. Good. Stay out of fucking court. But like that's the best way. If you can, don't go to don't get the court up in your fucking business. Don't. The court is for people who cannot work it out together. They should be able to work it out together. Also, we found out that Dave did not sleep with another woman in, in Karen's bed. And Karen admits that she just assumed that. Uh, also, Joy makes him explain what puts it down well in bed means. And and Ramon ends up saying he lays the pipe what good. And I'm like, and Renee's like, whoa. I'm like, Renee, when did you become all the shit you say? When you was going to slip that hairdresser's neck with with her scissors and shit Ramona saying he lays the pipe is too much I don't get it um Dave also says the fact that they're both hot under collar isn't why they aren't together because they do him and him and Karen have a similar fucking issues um but the fact that they aren't together is because he went to prison for 10 years and she had to rebuild her life Karen says she took a lot of heat for dating outside her culture, especially a black man. The entire cast wants them to get back together. Ramona says it's because it's cheaper. Again, they do not need to get back together. Apparently in season three, when Karina goes home, she finds a thong in her bed. I, <laughs> I don't think Dave went to fucking Karina's bed. He's got his own bed to fuck in. <laughs> I think that when Karina wasn't there, somebody else was staying in her room. Or I think that Dave, when Karina wasn't there, Dave had some woman staying there and like laundry got mixed up together. I do not believe Dave was like, oh great, Karina's in New York. Now let's leave my bed and go to my kid's bed and fuck. I don't think that's what happened. Um, Drita talks about Lee and that it's easier to try to leave him when he's being a dick, of course. They all think she's going to get back together with him, and she does. And Renee says he deserves a second chance. And say it with me, we don't take love advice from Renee. Joy says that while they're in prison, while the men are in prison, they won't treat, cheat. And Drita says that's a lie because girls go up to the prison. And Dave had a relationship with, this, with a CEO. Okay, so here's the thing. Drita's right. Pete, some women love 
men in prison because they know where they are. So the, they'll, they'll, you guys have seen Love After Lockup. <laughs> they'll be writing to people. They'll have people come visit them. They'll have three fiancés. They can definitely cheat on you in prison. They and that's if they and that's if they uh, they aren't interested in men, okay. And but the other thing is when we talk about Dave and the CEO, um, Joey's like, "Oh, are you gonna get her in trouble?" And, and Karen's like, basically, like she doesn't care. And I wouldn't care either because a prisoner cannot legally consent to sex with. I don't know if they can legally consent to sex. Period. But I mean, they do. But. They cannot legally consent to sex with the CEO. This is one of the reasons I was so fucking angry at Orange. Orange is the New Black definitely dropped off and went downhill when they killed Poussey. They didn't have to kill Poussey. Not like that. I know that Samira Wiley wanted to go, wanted to be off the show. She's married to one of the writers. By the way, Samira Wiley is my motherfucking type. She is my type. Her eyes, when she smiles, her eyes turn into little, like, smiley faces. She is so fucking cute. She is my fucking type. I don't like her when she's in a wig. (laughs) I like her when her hair is short. She's my, I love that woman. But we didn't all just love Samira Wiley. We loved Poussey, that character. We'd been through a lot with Poussey. And I understand she was leaving. They should have let her leave the fucking jail. Killing her was such a fuck you to fans. And it really made me not want to watch the shit anymore. But what they also did in... It's either that season or the season after. Is they made Pensatucky have this abusive relationship with a CEO. In which... He was the one that drove her to her little job and stuff to get like donuts and stuff. He would make her bark and like he. And I know at some point he was talking about breaking her out and maybe he did break her out. I've forgotten. But like the fact that the writers of this show. So the show lets you know what they think of things, right? Um, It's through inference, through the story. They let you know. The fact that the show made it seem as if this relationship was fine except for the abuse, like the abusiveness of him was so, and even that they kind of played down was so fucked up. Prisoners have diminished rights in general. Okay. Their right to privacy, their right to, um, movement, their, their right to a lot of things are diminished in this country. And for you to act as if, and that, listen, when they did, um, is her name Dahlia? Oh, fuck, I forgot her name. The, the girl in the first season. That, this was wrong too. And, but they talked a lot about how, how, uh, his abuse, that was him abusing his power when she got pregnant and stuff by, by the CEO. That was him abusing his power. She was an inmate. If he got mad at her, all he had to do was like say that he saw her doing something she wasn't supposed to do. I think he did do that one time. And, but that was written very differently. I was fine with the way that was written. It made it very clear with the choices that she had and her mom in prison with her. Like They made it very clear that she was in a bad spot. That Pensatucky and that, I don't know, he looked like a Pensatucky too. Um, fucking... Um, uh, that guard, that shit was written so fucked up. And it was around, around the time they killed Poussey. Real, like, 
It really turned me off that show. I don't even remember what happens in the line. Because I don't think I caught it. Like, I used to, when Orange is the New Black would come out, I used to, because I'm in Central Time, it would come out at, like, like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. my time. I used to sleep throughout the day, and then i just, like, wake up in time to watch the fucking show. This is back before I had kids and shit, and I was only working from home. And I used to watch it all fucking day. And I... Love that fucking show. And they just took so many fucking wrong turns on me. I was like, no, 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 no. But anyway, it doesn't matter that Dave is a man. It doesn't matter that Dave was a willing participant. Uh, he cannot consent to a relationship with the CEO. And I hope she did get in trouble. I hope she was fired. I hope she was given consequences. Um, because this is not okay. Um... All right, where are we? Oh, yeah. Big Ange talks about being charged with possession of cocaine and selling it. She was in jail for the day, and then she had an ankle monitor for six months. So she didn't go to prison. I mean, she she was arrested, and then she, I guess she took a plea probably, and she got house arrest. But she's saying she had a big party at the house, and her baby niece unplugged her ankle monitor. <laughs> oh, Big Ange. Um... But here's something I found very interesting. Karen admits she was selling ecstasy in Arizona. And I'm like, yo, in the book, you never admitted to selling ecstasy. You never, you said Gerard was selling ecstasy. Maybe I missed it, guys. Maybe you guys read it and you're like, no, no, Prince is on page so and so she definitely said that. Maybe she's, you said Gerard was selling ecstasy. You said Gerard was with these people and then they he pulled your father in, but you never fucking admitted to selling ecstasy. And just on this reunion, she does. But she says that it was overblown because they wanted to like rope her father in. I'm like, oh my God, Karen. You're killing me, Karen. You're killing me, Smalls. They talk about what it's like to parent alone without the men. It's tough, duh. They talk about visiting men in prison. Karen says it doesn't matter where you're going. It matters who you're going to see the person you love. And I agree with that. Um, Drita says that if she didn't take her kids, she thinks she'd be a bad person. Because she, she's talking about like, she doesn't want to keep Aaliyah from Leah. Again, she doesn't talk about Giselle. Giselle is like, who the fuck is that? Uh, Renee says that AJ had been going to visit Junior and her father since he was five years old. And Renee said, Ramona says she doesn't care what the critics think. They do a swear counter on the season, and it was Renee with the most. They all curse in front of their kids. Me too. I curse in front of my kids. I don't curse. But Drita has, like, a good point. She says she curses in front of her kids. Like, if she drops them, she goes, shit. But she doesn't go, you want some motherfucking cereal? And I agree. I curse in front of my kids. I don't curse at my kids. Like, if I am speaking directly to them, I'm not cursing. Um, I feel like that steps a line, although I need to stop cursing in front of them in general because it just, it's, I, I'm less setting a bad example. They talk about Drew just rapping and being in the music video. Everyone liked it and thought it sounded really good. She wrote another song where she called the girls crickets and Big Ange was shouted out. So they were all excited about that. Karen says that her book was on the New York Times bestseller for list for seven weeks. They asked Drita about reading the book. She said she didn't read it. She just knows what was in like the show. And she said she really didn't want Lee being bashed in the book. And from what she heard, he wasn't. Karen says the book was about her life, not Lee. So she wasn't going to bash him anyway. If she wanted to bash him, she would have bashed him 14 years ago. She says 14 years ago. Hmm. Um, we find out that Drita never hung out with Ramona. She hung out with her sister Roxanne. And Ramona lived somewhere else. Like she was, I don't know, overseas. And... Ramona never really liked her, but she wasn't that big of a deal. And she, and the problem started when Ramona came back 
to the New York and Drita tried to block her from being on the show. Drita says Ramona was telling people she was doing something she wasn't doing and caused a big blow and that's why she didn't want her to show. She didn't want the drama on the show. It wasn't about her personally. Again, I knew it had to be some production shit. When it comes down to it, Ramona, when it comes down to Ramona saying something about Junior, like Junior was only with Renee because of her father, Drita says... She didn't say it start trouble because she doesn't start trouble. And she also did not tell Renee. Renee asked her and she didn't lie. Uh, Ramona says it didn't happen. Renee says she doesn't care anymore. And she knows exactly. Like she knows that both of them have the best of intention. Of course it doesn't matter anymore. You shouldn't care about it anymore. He's in prison. Like who cares? May, and like also now that we think about it, maybe he was with you for just your father. Um, Joy asks if Ramona and Drita can be friends. Drita says no, but they can be good. She's like, we'll, we'll never be friends. Um, but they have, and I'll say this, in season three, at the beginning of season three, they are in um, in the rooms with each other all the time. Like, they're, they're in group stuff. And Drita, at the beginning, because I haven't, like, like, I've only watched a few episodes. At the beginning, they're not arguing. And Karen and Drita aren't arguing. It's all about Renee and Carla. And then love is there, too. Love... <laughs> Love is someone they grew up with and she dated some, like, she's not a mob wife either. She was engaged to, like, allegedly the, what's that? What's that movie with with uh, Angelina Jolie and Nick Cage? Gone in 60 Seconds. She was engaged to the person that that was based, allegedly based on. He was a big car ring guy. And... But she's like, yeah, all my relationships, I get rough. I yell, I, you know, I've stabbed a man and his mama. I, <laughs> I shot at one guy. You know, I poisoned another. And I'm like, love. <laughs> also, if you tell me you stabbed someone in a domestic incident, like that's not good, right? Because uh, domestic violence is, is, is bad. But if you tell me you stabbed a man during a domestic violence incident, I'm not going to be like, good for you, but I am going to be like, okay, well, that's one thing. But if you tell me you poisoned someone, that means, that's premeditated, bitch. That means you went and got the poison and you stuck it in there. <laughs> These are completely different crimes. Those are not, like, so the, the way they kind of give it off is that she's kind of a crazy girl. And also, I guess Carla's dating Love's ex. So there's, the, the season three is Carla's season to be like, Moni in the middle. So, um, yeah. So she's like talking about this stuff. Also, she's talking about her things. She ran over an ex with a car. I'm like, you need to go to anger management. Like if you, if you told me you had an incident where you had a fight with, you know, in a domestic violence stuff, I wouldn't applaud you, but I'd also be like, sometimes things happen, passions that like, is this a, is this a, is this a, um, is this a pattern or like, like if it happened once, I'd be like, oh, you got to get your anger. Like you could have really done something. Guys, I think about this guy. Well, I've, I've forgotten his name right now. Is it, I don't, I don't want to say it cause I don't remember. He played for the Raiders and he killed somebody on the highway doing 156 miles an hour, killed her and her dog. I am so stressed out about this. It, it never, it didn't even happen to me. It, like, I can't imagine being him. I can't imagine being her family. Like, you guys don't know this, but one of my number one, like, fears is killing someone in the car. Because, like, I, I when I was younger, I used to drive drunk all the time. 
you know what it is. Like you leave the you leave the bar and you're like, I'm just gonna get home, and you don't even remember how you fucking got there. I could have killed somebody. I am so worried about shit like that. Hitting somebody with my car, killing somebody. But this was so tragic and so fucking unnecessary. Why are you driving 156 miles an hour? Why? And he was also drunk apparently, twice the the legal limit. And I just, I was uh, I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, listen, I know this is dark. But I don't think I could live after that. I don't. I. I don't think I could. I don't even think I'd see the court, the um, the the court date because I don't know how you move on from that. I. You have killed someone and their dog. Flying on a fucking highway. Why? Cause you could. Oh, I gotta stop following the story because I'm like every every other thing is stressing me out about it. Um, why am I talking about that? Oh, I'm talking about love. Love, like, <sighs> something's wrong with love. And also, all the things she named were, like, crimes of passion. And she named quite a few of them. I was like, oh, you need to get some help, love. But that one where I poisoned somebody, I'm like, that's premeditated. That, that, that's not even a crime of fucking passion. You didn't, that, that's not, I got mad and I picked up something and I, and, and I did something I should have. That was, I went to the store, I got the stuff, I put it in his food. And, like, girl, girl. She, honestly, when love is talking, she sounds like those bad teenagers in Dr. Phil. I stabbed my mama because she wouldn't give me a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> I have sex with whoever I want to, even my daddy's boyfriend. Like, just, like really, like, they're just listing bad things. I never go to school. And when I do go to school, I don't bring my homework. Like, <laughs> and it's almost funny, you know? I don't know. Um... Why am I talking about love? Because I'm talking about the next season. Oh, yeah. Drita and and um, Ramona are cordial. They're, they're, not, they're not friends, but they're cordial. They're in the same room. Um, Drita says they just have so many issues that need to be discussed and settled. And Ramona says she can be cordial. She'll never get over her wanting to kill Karen. And so they agree to a truce. Renee gets on her knees to thank God, and that is a wrap on the season, on season two of Mob Wives, and that's a wrap on season eight of By Pumpkin, for real this time. I'm not going to come back next week and be like, just kidding. <laughs> um, guys, please check out the merch shop. It is at buypumpkin.threadless.com. Um, you can, the, the link is in the show notes. The link is in the bio notes on all the social media. Please, I would love to in this year by being able to do something for the pe- for the people that the Central Texas Food Bank serves. Also, don't you want a coffee cup with like, don't you want a coffee cup with buy pumpkin on it? Don't you want to like just be drinking coffee and, and then people be like, what's that? And you explain it. So it's a podcast I listen to where this girl named Princess talks all the time about herself and then every now and then talks about a real life TV show. Hmm? That'd be cute. You want that. Try it out. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for helping me hit the, you know, just helping me. Thanks. I appreciate it. Until next time.